Welcome to Fear Not with Bruce and Ken Kruger. I am Bruce, and this is Ken. That's it. I think I think if they get my last name, they need your last name. Oh, yeah. Unless we're being incognito about that. Is that is a good point. My, my, my last name's Peter Wright. Not no, Peter right. Left, but Peter Wright. Peter Wright. So okay. P- Peter okay. E-I-T. All right. Is it Mr. Peter Wright if you're nasty? We're gonna if you're Janet from the Jackson South, this, it's or? okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to make sure I wasn't the only one with the last name in the room. Makes me feel old. You know? Even though like yeah. Mr. is for single and married people, I right. feel like it almost entitles to either a teacher or you're married or something. <laughs> and I'm neither, so you can okay. just call me Bruce. So just Bruce. All right, let's just leave it at Bruce and Ken. Bruce and that? Ken. Now, let's not be Bruce and Mr. Kruger. Let's be Bruce and Ken. Bruce and Ken. That yeah. works, buddy. Uh, there it is. Fantastic. <laughs> Love it. Right on. Well, today we're talking about... Uh, our anxieties and worries and how we can battle them with faith. Um, the Bible clearly tells us to bring our fears and worries to the Lord. Um, and so many people are suffering from anxieties. I feel like a good conversation that me and Ken are about to have is is how we can look to the Lord to battle those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I feel like, uh, well, we were just having this conversation the other day, me and my wife, about how the term anxiety, the word anxiety, you're hearing so much more of it's becoming... Um, maybe something that's that's pointed at a whole lot more. And at first, I was kind of going negative with it, like, you know, oh, uh, <laughs> to to be Mister Kruger about it, like kids these days and their anxieties, <laughs> and you know. And then I was just like, wait a minute, maybe it's a good thing that we're pointing at anxieties instead of pretending they're not there. Okay, don't don't get me wrong. We've like we've talked ad nauseum already. The enemy wants to cripple us with fear and anxiety, you know. But to call it out in the open and say. Hey, I'm dealing with this, man. It's, I mean, to, to be AA about it, like the first step toward healing is admitting you got a problem. Yeah. You know, so in a way, I, I think there's some good coming out of everybody acknowledging I've got some anxiety about this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, that there's that's something a, good in here. That's a great point. Um, nowadays, more than ever, you hear people, I'm going through these anxieties, I'm having an anxiety attack. This is going on. I remember growing up, I had a lot more anxieties, not really knowing what they were coming from, Mm. that I would just act out in a certain way. Mm. And it was more identified by the acting out than what was causing me to act out, which is probably those anxieties or or worries or whatever the case may be, right? Um, As far as that goes, I think one thing when battling anxieties is not just saying I have anxiety and then trying to get over, like, how do I get rid of this feeling? How do I, this mm-hmm. needs to go away. People hyperventilate. They need some people just resort to going outside. Yeah. But whenever that attacks over where you feel at least at ease enough to look at what's causing the root of this problem, if we're mm-hmm. able to identify that, then it's a lot easier to get rid of our anxieties. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I that's what I mean by kind of like, acknowledging you know that that it's happening it, it, it should equip us with the tools to uh, implement when those things rise up you know and I feel like I, I love that we're talking an ancient uh, religious topic right now these 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 conversations are not new to you know this generation and this season in you know American history in particular but thousands of years ago the Word of God was addressing these things you know, that anxiety has been something that, man, the enemy has crafted against people from the dawn of man, you know, and, and the word of God and growing in Christ has the answer to these things, you know. So I, I love that, that it's, you know, your heart in particular to plug this sort of ancient wisdom into 
modern experience, Bruce. Yeah. You know, I think we're doing a lot of good. Exactly. The ancient wisdom instead of the new new age medication. Absolutely, brother. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the Bible defines um, faith because we're going over how we battle anxieties with faith. Yes. So how the Bible describes faith. and In Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Mm. Tell me what that means to you. Um, you know, I tell you what, this this became very real to me. Um, I want to say, like, actually in my late 20s, you know, because my story is I, I grew up a preacher's kid and I grew up, you know, going to church and uh, I actually went to a seminary school in my late teens, early 20s. And and then, I, you know, I mean, it's almost a cliche story, but I, I really decided to fall away. I, I used a lot of hurts and, um, you know, just just life experiences. It doesn't matter who you're doing life with. You're going to be disappointed by people. You're going to be rejected. You're going to be betrayed. You know, I experienced all those things that are common to man, uh, but I experienced them inside of religious circles. So I use that to be like, ah, chuck this whole God thing. You know, I'm done. I'm done. And uh, and then through a lot of years and a lot of struggle and a lot of uh, <laughs> prayers from my mom, like, you know, <laughs> uh, my heart started warming back up. So I, I feel like I relearned all these things that I was aware of uh, seemingly all my life. You know, but in my late twenties, I started uh, really plugging this in, and and I remember contemplating this, uh, this verse you just read, Hebrews eleven one. You know, um, what does it mean to have faith? You know, what is it to to have assurance about things we don't see? And uh, to be kind of simple about it, I, I, for me, that's just trusting a God that I know loves me. And all throughout Scripture, I mean, all the examples were given, all the verses, all the epistles, all the instructional literature and the testimonial literature that we have in there are about people experiencing their journey with a God that loves them and is using all things, you know. So uh, to be pointed about it, when I'm going through something that's causing me anxiety um, and I plug in this hope for the assurance of things that I'm not seeing, it's understanding that, wait, 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 God is using this for something I don't see right now. You know, the, some of the hardest things in my life, I still don't have answers for. And counseling people in this job, uh, just, well, just, you know, relationships is life. You know, walking next to people that are hurting. Uh, I don't have all the answers for what God allows, what God allows. But I do know that God passionately loves his children. And he does shed a tear when we do and he is going to use all things for our good in the end he is going to build strength in things that look like they're crushing you you know bruce i'm telling you man i've had seasons in my life where i'm like i see no good coming out of this i'm exhausted i'm hopeless i'm tired i keep running back to god and just saying have your way and then at the end of it like i didn't know i was like lifting weights in the dark and all of a sudden some eternal lights on and i'm ripped right yeah like, it's like, wow, I'm strong through this. Yeah. You know, so that's that's the assurance. The, the, the hope of the things that I don't see is God is using this for good that I'm not seeing right now. Uh, no, I like that. I like that. Well, one thing I kind of think of with that is like a beginning stages of what we're talking about with faith is, is do you believe in God, first of all? Right. And then right. that's the first step. And once you start believing in God and you, you get to know him. That's right? it. And the more you get to know him, the more you get to recognize 
what he's doing with the negative things that are going on in your life for your own good. It's great. Point. And, and since you have that reassurance that in, there is some reason for this mayhem, yeah, then you'll start identifying it here and there. Yeah. I got a funny story that I wish I, th- this is very small, right? This is not even that bad, but actually it was, it was actually terrible. Last Monday. So uh, Memorial day, uh-huh. I really wanted to go swimming. It was warm outside. <laughs> I was like, let's go. I want some water. I called some swimming pools. They, they close public pools. They close at four. So I'm like, all right, that's not going to work. Let's go to Timpanogos cave. That's a, that's a mountain a climb with a cave at the end of it, but you got a book of tickets. So I was like, let's see if they have any reservations left. They were booked out. Okay. So then it went from that to, well, let's see if the Provo River is able to float, if we could float the Provo River. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, they, they had a bunch of openings, so we thought this was a great idea. It's 87 degrees outside, sunny where we were at. Uh-huh. So like, let's do it. So we go down there, we book our reservation. It's the, they, what they do is they take you to the top of the, of the mountain, and, they, and it's like an hour and a half, two-hour float down. Right. right. I figured the water was going to be cold, but the sun was out. Not that cold, right? Yeah. Well, after we pay for it, I'm walking to my car. And for those of people that know me or see me, I'm always wearing this really thick cross I've been given. Right? On a nice yeah. thick chain. It's on here. You'll yeah. see me worship holding on to it real tight. I pull on it real tight. Yeah. This thing does not come off. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's not going to slip over my head. Nothing. Yeah. So I take, and I'm walking back to my car and I take my shirt off. And lightly catches my chain, and the whole cro- the cross falls off the chain. Oh wow! Now I took that as oh, I, I shouldn't take my chain with me. But really, in hindsight, when I found out how miserable this two-hour flow was, <laughs> after coming down halfway through, we wanted to quit. There was no way to quit. You had to keep making it. I was shivering more than three quarter of this. The last twenty minutes, I could feel feel my organs shutting down. I was like, first stage of hypothermia. Now, in the beginning, I was like, don't take my cross. Afterwards, I was like, Jesus was telling me, I'm, man, don't go in that river, man, because you you're going to be begging for me to be with you in there. Like, God's like, I'm not in this, man. I'm so, out. I'm I, out. I thought that was so interesting, because even when I tried to get it back on the chain, it wasn't going back on either. Like, So you're, simply, you're saying you're taking that as like a sign from God? Yeah, <laughs> that was totally a sign from God. It was like, dude, that is not a good idea. And I'm not from someone with an immune system disorder and i if i catch a cold i gotta go to the hospital right and i'm talking i was in hypothermia when my legs started coming back alive it was so painful i was bawling <laughs> i was bawling oh, until it went away but then as soon as it, it went away i turned to zone my little brother and i'm like well that was fun <laughs> they're like really i was like well god tells you to enjoy your suffering right like <laughs> so i don't know how i had that attitude but that whole way down i was like jesus please be with me keep me safe man i'm not supposed to be this water i shouldn't have done this dude it is may you're in the rocky mountains that is all winter snow runoff buddy (laughs) yeah we weren't thinking man we just wanted to get wet i guess Uh, but just the small things if you reckon if you were to recognize just anything i mean not all of them are sure signs, but yeah. I sure felt that one was. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, okay, touching on that right there, I do think here's in it. I know people can get kind of spooky about this, right? Because mm-hmm. we all know those those Christians that are like, you know, 
God tells him everything. You know, I'm just like, man, God is vocal with you, cat. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just about, you know, well, God told me to take this road instead of this road. And then, yeah. you know, I needed to get this sandwich instead of that sandwich. And I'm like, God's really <laughs> interested in the minutiae of your life. And so I, personally, I think that's a bit of a, a reach. right? Yeah. Um, but I also think that if there's any error that we have, it's not recognizing that God is talking mm-hmm. as much as he is. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And, and that was something where, like, I, I didn't take it as, like, oh, I need to not do this. But afterwards, <laughs> it's like, well, he tried to tell me. You know? And there's plenty of things like that where, like, you get, you're late or you don't know why yeah. something didn't yeah. work. You got a flat tire. You're like, what yeah. the heck? This is making you so upset. Yeah. But you don't know if God's keeping you from getting in a car crash. That's it. You don't know if God's got his hands in it somewhere. You have yeah. no idea what he's doing. Yep. And I feel yep. like a lot of that has to do with hurts and hangups too. Yes. Things yes. we worry about. It's like, well, you're worrying about it. But if you, like you said in last week's sermons, throw your hands down so Christ can yeah. throw his up. Yeah. You let him take control. Yeah. And then your worries aren't going to matter. They're not going to be as strong because you have mm-hmm. that faith in God that he's mm-hmm. going to take care of them. That he's going to yeah. battle those for you. Yes. So. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, because it, well, it, something you said a little while ago, I'm keying off of about, you know, the first step almost is to, <laughs> You know, uh, ask yourself, do you know God? You know, like I think that's that's key, man. That is so crucial to to answer that question. I heard an old timey preacher say this one time. He said, the most important question you'll ever answer in your life is, what are you going to do with Jesus? You know, if it's uh, I don't believe in him, or I don't want to do anything to do with him, or you know, he's my Lord, or he's my very best friend. To be cliche about it, you know, like <laughs> that that is the most important question. So that, I think for for our listeners, and especially the people that we're, we're aiming this at, that generation that's coming into adulthood and they're in young adulthood, you know, like that, you have to answer that question is, do, do I know God? Um, when you answer that question in the affirmative, um, would you say that it's, if you're doing it right, you're, you're, you're learning more and more about his character? Like when you answer the question, yes, I know God. You know, five years later, should you know more about God than just, yes, I know God? Okay. So what I would say on that is, well, you said if you're doing it correctly, I don't think there's necessarily a correct way to know God. It's the fact that you're trying to know God. Okay. And then, therefore, I, well, there is a correct way, and it's reading the, his word, right, and, sure. and, and actively plugging yourself into those things. But if you just try, those will come natural. Those will come from him. He'll get you to do it correctly if you're just trying to do so. And then, therefore, you will get to know him more. He's not one who wants to hide. He's not playing hide-and-go-seek with us. He puts himself out there for you to get to know him. And if you just try to find him, he's obvious to find. He's there. He's right there waiting for you. That's it. Dude, And well, the Bible says that that his ways are so much higher than our ways. And it's figurative language saying, listen, God God thinks deeper and further and and, uh, more uh, spiritual than any of us are capable of. Right. So uh, a lot of people equate that to God being elusive, you know, and he's not. He's not. So, you know, I'd like to go back to the question of doing it correctly. Um, what I meant by that, and I, you're saying the same thing, is like uh, the correct way is to not just acknowledge, yes, I believe there's a God and let's leave it at that. I'm going to do my own thing and hope for the best. Right. Um, it, the Bible calls calls him altogether lovely. And that, that he is the lover of our souls. And, like, to acknowledge that he exists is to look upon him. And to look upon him is to want more of him. You know, and that's what I mean by, like, correctly. And how that, man, that so influences our anxieties. 
you know, if, if we if we answer the question, the yes, I believe there's a God, then I think we should like immediately. That's 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 the the story of my life, the journey of my life is. Then how do I know him? <laughs> how do I want to know the character of this God who's? I mean, his his idea was was poetry and depth and beauty and life and and all of these things, you know. And, and then uh, he allowed a world that we were able to choose. Uh, things that bring in brokenness and, and, and pain and suffering. And even in that, he says, but I'm going to use all those things for your good and your strength. And it's going to still point to me that like, it, it, I'm, what I'm saying is we shouldn't just stop it. Yeah, I believe in God, but like, oh, I want to know him, you know, because when we know a man, filtering anxieties through that changes everything. I think that's a big part of it because a lot of people, especially this age group that we're, we're trying to talk to right now, that age group where you're stepping into an adult, that's where they can identify. You hear a lot of them say, yeah, there's a God. Just don't know who it is. Yeah, right. Right. There is a God. It's just I don't know which God's right. I just know there's a creator. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, there's a creator in Christianity too, but he's a lot more defined, and he's given us this pathway to get to know him. Yeah. He's given us his words. He's He's given us that route. So with that desire to want to get to know him, yeah. then use the resources that he gave you to do so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I completely agree, man. What do you think about, like, because there's a lot of circumstances going on in the world today that uh, create anxiety and concern and worry. I read something the other day that just broke my heart about how this generation of young Americans uh, is the first generation that doesn't instinctively and innately believe that we will surpass our parents as far as accomplishment, uh, you know, earning, things like that. Like, there's just this overall sense of uh, things are probably going to get worse. You know, so there's a lot of circumstantial anxiety out there. And then there's a lot of like self-inflicted anxiety, right? Like sins. Let's just call it what the Bible calls it. My sins cause anxiety. My incorrect choices, things like that. Like, like how do you, in those two categories, how do you plug in faith into those two things? Be it, you know, I put myself in this situation. I'm suffering because of it. What does my faith say about it? And I'm birthed in this world where there's a lot of, you know, bad circumstances going on. Causing me to lose sleep at night. What does my faith say about it? Okay. No, that's good. Well, I was going off the sins first, especially coming from a background where I've been afraid to look in the mirror. I used to not like looking in the mirror. I don't know whether it was lack of confidence, thinking I wasn't attractive, or all the negative things in life that I've done. Yeah. I just didn't like looking in the mirror. Wow. Well, now I love it just because I know that Christ loves me and loves everything that's in that mirror. And you're right. beautiful. And I'm beautiful. I'm six foot eight, blue eyed, blonde, gorgeous, deep voice man. Send, send your emails to fear not at bruce.com. But I heard one thing, just like I said in the last podcast, is we're not uh, sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. So I'm a natural born sinner. Everybody's sinner. Everybody's broken. So my faith says that Jesus got up on that cross to to shed his blood for that. Therefore, it doesn't matter if I've sinned in the past, what it has been that I've done. It's no worse than what anybody else does. And then, therefore, Jesus has already forgiven that. But the, the goal is to try to overcome it and not do it again. It's, it's asking him for that forgiveness still so I don't have to carry that weight on top of it. My faith says I don't have to be afraid to look in the mirror because Christ loves me either way no matter what i've done it doesn't matter what sin it is right, right? like right. although it you, the natural human in me still wants to worry about what other people are thinking mm-hmm. the closer i get to christ the more i realize that it's only him that i realize that i care about 
uh, it's only his opinion and it's his opinion that doesn't change, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing I can do to change his opinion. Right. That's it, dude. That's beautiful. And I think for, for anybody listening to grasp that, do you just laid out the recipe for, uh, an anxiety free existence? You know, I mean, and I also want to touch on just like circumstantial anxiety and, you know, world circumstances or events that you have no control over. Um, but, man, the enemy of our souls, you know, what the, what the Bible describes Satan as, because there is a spiritual war going on all around us. And the enemy of your soul wants to rob from you life. And one of the big ways he does that is condemn you with the things that you've done, you know. And I'm not trying to be loose or, or uh, blasé about sin. Um, because we do have a choice and, and God is always empowering us and encouraging us to choose correctly. But you, you just said something that is so key that if our listeners can just, man, if you highlight in their minds, you were born into this. The Bible's clear about that. You're broken, you're fractured. Um, and it keeps us from an anxiety delivering God because we hide this. We, we were shameful, you know, and we don't look in the mirror, you know, figuratively or literally. And the bottom line is God looks at you. I've heard it explained this way. Like, think about the worst thing you've ever done. The worst thing. The, the moment where, man, you're just ashamed of, I can't believe I've become this person. Whatever it is, right? And everybody listening has that moment. And think about Jesus in that second looking at you with tears in his eyes and a smile on his face and passionate love in his voice and saying, right now, child, you're mine. Right now, I love you. Right now, I take you in my arms. I mean, that's talk about like anxiety melting away. That's what. That's exactly what I pictured when you asked that question. I, I thought of mine, and man, I do not like thinking of that time or the many times I've done something similar. Um, but it, I, I had one of those recently when I, I dropped to my knees and gave it all to Christ. Ask, I said, "You could have all it is that you want out of me. I just want to feel your presence." And it was right after two weeks of feeling him all around me and then all of a sudden it was gone so I was begging for it back yeah. and uh, but it, I was thinking about all those times these negative times like would he love me here those times you feel alone the times where you think oh what would everybody around me that knows me think right. about me right. doing this right now but yet Christ is right there next to you with the hand to, yeah. to help you up and that, that the tears in your eyes that you're talking about, that comfort, that love, that, that that's okay that you're doing what you're doing. But let's take a step forward. Let's, let's not only help you stand up, but let's walk this way. And, and let's, get, let's get on the right direction here. And if you focus on those, the next question is, well, how do I forget all of those things that I've done? Right? Well, they like me now because I'm this new Christian, new believer, and the way I'm acting now, but would they still love me if they knew my past? Well, that's where truth will set you free, not only truth in Christ, but the truth coming out of your mouth, right? If if you're not ashamed or afraid of who you were in the past and someone brings it up and you're not afraid to show it yeah. and you're not afraid to say it because you have faith in the Redeemer in Christ that, that loves you anyway, yeah. you'll notice, and yeah. something I've noticed is you get no judgment, no judgment looks, because who are they to judge? Yeah. Especially if they believe in the same God, the same Christ, because everything they believe in says otherwise. Yeah. So yeah. be be honest about that stuff. Be truthful about that stuff, because Christ uses those to make you a better person and to be an example towards others. 
the more the more we understand how he sees us, the more anxieties really do melt off. Like the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, he starts off describing himself as the least of the apostles, right? Because the other apostles were like Jesus's disciples that walked with him. That you know, and that was never Paul. Paul came on the scene a few years later, uh, and then as he progresses in understanding, he describes himself as the chief of sinners, but he's talking from a place of confidence because he looks at his past and he says, if God can use this guy, if he can look at me when I was persecuting his church and murdering his children, then I actually, not that he was, you know, proud of those behaviors, but he was proud of the testimony. He was proud of the fact that God looked at him and said, my grace is sufficient for all of your need. You know, and that's what we need to get. We need to stop running from these things that we're ashamed of and hiding, right? I mean, churches are full of people hiding, coming together, pretending to be things that we aren't. And we're just, oh, if they only knew, if they only knew, if they only knew. What we do is we embrace the testimony. And we almost, I mean, this can be really misinterpreted, but we kind of brag about, look at how great God's mercy is. You know, look at how this is overcome in my life and other people's lives. You know, dude, if we, had, if we had the power of that testimony at our fingertips, which we do, we could be world changers, sincerely. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, the one thing I love about this church that we go to here in Mountain View is you see a lot of people recognizing God's hand in things and giving him credit back towards those things, right? And not only them in their own lives, right? I recognize God doing this in, in my life, but... We know each other here at this church. We're one big family, and we're seeing it in each other's lives. Yeah. We're seeing things happen where it's just like, wow. Yeah. Like, thank the Lord. Like, yeah. he's watching after you or yeah. whatever the case may, may be. And yeah. I think that's so awesome to have. This is also a church where you can walk in. If there's not, there's, nobody hides here. Um, like, you could walk in wearing jeans. You could walk in however you want, and uh, you're going to feel welcome here. And I love that about this place. Dude, I, I preach in holy jeans. And I don't mean holy in the religious sense. I mean actual holes. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a deliberate choice, right? We want everybody to feel like, hey, come as you are. You know, and there are people here that still wear suits, and there are people that wear shorts and T-shirts. You know, like I want that to be indicative of the spirit of the place because that's what the gospel of Jesus is. It's bring your mess, bring just bring your reality, and God is going to meet you at the door saying, hey, you got nothing to be afraid of. So something this is... <laughs> Changing topic a little bit, but it, it reminded me of this conversation I had with my mom about this church. And she commented about the one thing that she is kind of different about this church that she doesn't really understand. I don't find it different because I've been in a lot of churches. My mom, not necessarily, just um, the LDS church, growing up in a Catholic sure. church. And she, But she, what she said is, there's no pictures of Jesus around. Like You go to, <laughs> you go to church, but like you go to church and I look around and there's no Jesus. And both me and Zoe said the exact same thing. And it's, we don't go to church to see Jesus on the wall. We go to church to feel Jesus. Oh, buddy, that's publishable. Look at that. Wow. And I was like, that is gold. That was that the, like, at first, it took a second for, for that to get out, come out of me. Zoe, that was her first reaction. Wow. But it took me a while to be like, Mom, that's not what church is about. Like this, this, and this. And, I, and then finally... It was probably coming from the Holy Spirit or whatever. It's like, no, I go there to feel him. It's in his people. It's in his music, and it's in his praise. It's in the energy. That's it, dude. You don't need it That's on the it. walls. Well, and let's kind of call out the uh, the elephant in the room. Most pictures of Jesus I've seen, they're pretty inaccurate, right? I mean, they're like, I've heard people call him Fabio Jesus. 
Like he's this white, feathered hair, gorgeous, like manicured beard. That's not what Jesus looked like. You know, your mom doesn't want actual pictures of Jesus around here, trust me. <laughs> yeah, back when like you couldn't bathe and like you're out there in the sun all day. Like. He was a homeless guy, you know. I mean, yeah, he, he's not what uh the seagull book pictures of Jesus make him look like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that it was, it was just too funny. It's like, yeah. Mom, you go to feel. That's so good, Bruce. That is so good. Well, hey, look, um, let me get back to just really quickly the the question I asked before about like anxieties that are circumstantial. You know, like how do, how do you plug your faith into like when we've you know sinned, we we've uh, uh, we've got consequences coming at us. You know that that should be easy enough to say, okay, God, I I see this, I deserve this, uh, help me with this, I give this back to you. You know, uh, like that, that equation should be pretty self-evident um, to overcome anxiety. But what about when there are things beyond your control? You know, coronavirus, uh, economic concerns, um, things that look like, oh, no, what are the next 20 years going to look like? You know, how does your faith influence those fears? My faith personally, and, and I'm sure you can have scripture back this up, is it goes back to what he's doing for you to make the bad turn into good in your life. Like what? What are you having to battle through, and how is this going to turn out in the, your later on days? But I think a lot of that has to respond to how your faith reacts to what you've been given, right? Like if you just have faith that it's all going to work out, or if you're putting things back into the Lord's hands and you're making the requests you need to to get this this problem that's in your hands solved, then the Lord will deliver. Countless times he's delivered in my life where it's like too ironic to be ironic. I define that as God. Yep. Happens a lot in my life. I'm sure it happens a lot in many people's lives. But that's because I have a mom back at home that's praying to him. She says she has this bench of people she talks to when she's out on the porch, which is my dad, her dad, and God. Right? Like these three people. She's out there talking to them. It literally talks to them like they're sitting in front of her, in front of her. It's it's interesting, but the things she asks them for are very defined, and the things that are delivered from what she's asked are very, they're exactly what she asked for, and it, it's just insane to me. And there's some scripture that uh, goes along with that. Philippians four six says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God." So. With my faith, I mean, sometimes it's really hard to, what would you say, come up with the answers on why you're having to deal with what you're dealing with, sure. when, especially when it wasn't necessarily your fault, or like the pandemic thing, or even living with the pandemic through extra circumstances, like you don't have an immune system. Um, that's me. I don't really have an immune system. So I'm living through like a double pandemic in this world, but I'm living it by faith. I also know that God's got my back. He's going to give me with, with believing in Jesus Christ. You also get the Holy spirit and some nice things about the Holy spirit is you get some eerie feelings sometimes <laughs> that tell you, you shouldn't be doing this, or this is probably a good time to throw on a mask. There's a lot of people around here or whatever the case may be. Like there's some random times I'm not, Growing up, I wasn't a big hand washer. Like, oh, dirt won't hurt. You know, make you your immune system better or whatnot. But nowadays, there's not. It's not like I wash my hands all the time because I have an immune system. It's just 
uh, you wash your hands regularly, like when you cook and all that jazz. But sometimes out of the middle of nowhere, I'll be like, you should wash your hands right now. And then I'll go in and I'll like scrub my hands like all the way up. But I don't know who's telling me if that's the Holy Spirit telling me that or whatever the case may be. But, uh, yeah, with, with that, I feel like you just get that feeling of what you should do in those actions. Yeah. And if you react to them appropriately, you react to them with the attitude, this has got to be a reason to make me stronger. Like, there's got to be an outcome to this. If you have an optimistic outlook with that, it will turn out that direction. But if you have a pessimistic outlook or you don't necessarily believe in a God man those the, that that road is to me seems very scary very dark very very dark so you know when you understand the the fact that nothing takes god by surprise and uh his it, you were his idea that you really can um you know i'm going to use the term you can walk through life kind of bulletproof you know we all have these fallacies or you know the faults and weaknesses you know, when you talk about the health concerns with immune system issues and, and things like that, it's like, yeah, those, those are facts. Those are true. But until God says uh, it's your time, you're bulletproof. Okay. And the other, yes, I love that you said the Holy Spirit, man, when you, when you accept Jesus, it comes with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, is it's a, it's an ongoing relationship. He fills me every day. I ask him to fill me every day. And that comes with wisdom and discernment and all these things. And so you walk through life like, okay, God's got this. You know, one of the things we, we've talked about recently in service has been these different uh, Bible stories. You know, I'm called it Sunday school, right? You look at like Joseph, whose brothers tried to destroy his life. Uh, King David, who his authority tried to destroy his life. All these circumstances outside of their control and they trusted God, and nothing took them out of God's will, including people gunning to take them out of God's will. You know, and that's something that, that, that another anxiety melter right there. That, that just off, you said, off everybody trying to bring them down. It brings me back to the passage you brought up last week. It's actually my, I had to pull out my phone because it's my background right now. And it's the first Peter 3.13, where it says, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? And I love that. If you have the heart and you're eager to just do your absolute best, um, who can harm you? Um, so with, with that, I want to, I got something for you I want to ask you um, to leave for our listeners is a challenge to get closer to God in some kind of way. Give us some kind of challenge to, to be left with. Okay, uh, here, here's what I would say. First Peter, you said uh, a passage from First Peter, great book on suffering, anxiety, fears. First uh, Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So here's my challenge is understand that verse doesn't condemn you for having anxiety. It doesn't say, how dare you? You know, you shouldn't have anxiety. So look to God, right? It says, no, you're going to have anxiety, but cast it on him. Understand that he cares for you. If you could do that this week, if you could just say, all right, God, I'm, I'm bringing everything, all my sins, all my faults, all my, all my mistakes, all my anxiety, all my current worries about the future, and I'm going to do the best I can, maybe minutely, to lay it down in front of you, and I'm going to choose to believe you care for me. See how it changes your life. See how this week is different. Amen. Right on. Warren. I hope you all have a good week and can't wait till our next conversation next Thursday. Absolutely. Have a good one. Stand